Hey guys, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Amateur All Tours. This week, we have a bit of a special episode in that we are going to be talking about a film that, at the time of this recording, August 7th, 2018, isn't technically released on a wide scale yet. Now, before you switch off the show because you don't want the film spoiled, don't worry, I will not reveal any plot points of the film. Not to show my hand too much, I th- but I think people should go into this film really knowing nothing outside of the trailers. Now, as you all can tell from the title, that film is Spike Lee's The Black Klansman. There are only two preconceived notions that I definitely had going to this film. One was, was that this was going to be a film about race relations, and two, it was going to be a Spike Lee film on race relations. And I know that sounds odd, but all of us film analysts know how notorious Spike Lee is regarding his film's messages. But I'll be damned if I would want it any other way. His strong convictions are what make his film so powerful. Do the Right Thing is a fantastic example of this. That film was made in 1989, and more than 20 years later, the messages and themes are still so contemporary, someone could possibly mistake the film for being made in the last few years. In my opinion, this assessment is what makes his film so profound, the messages he ultimately wants to tell. I think The Black Klansman definitely has a strong message, certainly on par with Do the Right Thing, but I think the question to ask is whether the message is something that will last, or is it merely taking pot shots at racism in America? Now right away, the answer to that question is the former. The film's message will definitely last, and the latter part of the question is only slightly true, but not entirely. Now I'll get into that in a moment, but let's get a brief plot review of the Black Klansman before getting too far ahead of myself. So everyone listening, I'm sure you know the basic plot structure of the film. Both an African-American and Jewish police officers from Colorado Springs successfully managed to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan and become the head of the chapter. Lee is able to blend humor with harsh reality seamlessly as he tells a story based on true events with a passion that I haven't really seen since Do the Right Thing or Malcolm X. Now, since this is a spoiler-free review, I don't want to get too deep into the plot or in the events of the film, so let's break down what I generally liked and disliked about the film. So let's start what I disliked, which to be honest wasn't really a whole lot. So I went into this film thinking that I was going to be lukewarm, but leaning more towards positive on the reception. I'm not super well-versed in Spike Lee as a director as it is. I've only seen a handful of his films, so there was obviously Do the Right Thing, which, if you haven't been able to tell, I absolutely loved. Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, Crooklyn, 25th Hour, also his rendition of Old Boy, and who could ever forget the amazing NBA 2K16 story mode. Yeah, that was a thing. But anyway, so Lee has been hit or miss with me. I either love his films, or I'm really meh about them. Take those films I just listed, for example. Some of them I think are cinematic masterpieces, while others... yeah, not so much. So, going to The Black Klansman, I knew that this film was going to be extremely competent, but I thought the message was going to be ham-fisted and completely in my face. Now, after viewing the film, it is only sort of in your face, and, I'll, and like I said, I'll get to that soon, but one of my only complaints about the film is that it takes some easy pot shots at an already easy target to poke fun of, white supremacist idiots, and the Trump administration. Now granted, some are more direct than others, but let me give you guys some examples. 
So for the most part, the clan members are portrayed as bumbling buffoons who seem like they can barely count to ten. And yes, while I agree that there are members of the group who exhibit these behaviors and characteristics, choosing to portray a large portion of the clan like this in this film kind of diminishes just how dangerous they really are as a group. Because if Charlottesville has taught us anything, the clan is without a doubt dangerous. And this is a point that you should keep on the back burner about Charlottesville, because I'm definitely going to return to this point. But another point is the indirect jabs that Spike Lee takes at the Trump administration. Now, there's the most blatant jab when a fellow officer pretty much predicts the entirety of the 2016 election, saying that the racist agenda will propagate in politics, or more specifically, the White House. And for me... It's way too on the nose and obviously played for a liberal left-leaning audience and, and pretty much as a joke. But to me, it was one of those things that I thought, yeah, we get it. The things that Donald Trump says are ridiculous, awful, and appalling. And that the whole 2016 election will be undoubtedly studied for, I can't even say how long. But however, that being said, I think there was one particular Trump moment that was extremely powerful and tied the message of Lee's film together. Now, although I liked a lot of this film, those nitpicking details were something that I thought could have been left out altogether and reworked, but that was pretty much all that I disliked about the film, especially on this first impressions kind of uh, viewing. So now, what did I like? Now, for one, Spike Lee really is an actor's director. He gets amazing performances out of every single person in the cast. I get the impression that Lee told the actors to not hold back and commit 110% into their respective roles. And boy, does it show. Everyone from the main leads, from John David Washington, Adam Driver, Laura Harrier, and Topher Grace, of all people, to the supporting cast of Michael Buscemi as Jimmy, Ashley Atkinson as Connie, Ryan Eggold as Walter, or... Now, guys, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. Jasper Pekonen as Felix. Now, every single person gives this such a realistic performance. Now, another point is that style in this film is nothing short of Spike Lee at his best. And for those that follow me on Twitter, at AuteursPod, my, my tweet after I saw this film was, it's very Spike Lee. And I must admit, though, his style seems a little more subdued than his past work, but it's only marginally subdued. The message is still extremely potent and present in this film. Now, some of my favorite shots and scenes, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but this is just from what I can remember... There was the first Black Power speech. It's very reminiscent of Malcolm X, and that you get that first taste of uh, Spike Lee's stylistic touch. He superimposes different faces of black individuals listening to the speech, and it's just a very powerful and charismatic speech. Now, there's the other scene of uh, Stallworth, Flip, and Jimmy composing the character of Ron Stallworth, and they're practicing the dialogue and getting the story, and and you know, it's it's a it's a really good uh, chemistry building moment between all these actors. Another scene that I really, really enjoyed was the juxtaposition of the initiation of the clan, which is a quote-unquote joyous occasion. It's filled with smiles, cheering, etc. There's a showing of Birth of a Nation where it seems like they're watching a football team, like their favorite football team win the Super Bowl. And now this is juxtaposed against the group of of a, a, a black group of people listening to the brutal murder and lynching of Jesse Washington. Now, this is all coupled with the ending of, as I call it, the white power versus black power. And it's one of the most powerful scenes in the film. Now, what I mean by this is that 
uh, we have the white supremacists going white power, white power, and then literally right after we have the groups saying black power, and it's just literally cut right next to each other, and I think it's just an extremely gripping scene, and it's just very powerful. One of my last points that I really enjoyed was, let's just say there's an explosion that has to do with the uh, climax of the film. Now, I know that sounds like a spoiler, but the word explosion has so many different connotations, and I'm not saying which one it is. But let's just say it has to do with the climax of the film, and I just love the set piece and everything leading up to this point of the film. Now, I know I'm missing a lot of scenes, and a big reason for this was because I couldn't take notes during my early screening of this film because they literally forced me to turn my phone off before I sat down in my seat. And guys, when I say literally, I mean that. There were security guards dressed in suits standing in front of the IMAX theater threatening to kick you out if you even looked at your phone. So despite me missing a lot, there are just there's so much material for cinephiles to enjoy. And I also wanted to briefly mention that coupled with the cinematography and the images, the score of this film really complements everything super well. So now I want to briefly talk about the ending of the film, and not so much the conclusion to the narrative, but the very last images that Spike Lee decides to linger on. So, and it's not so much of a spoiler, because it's history, and it's something that I've alluded to earlier in the review. Spike Lee decides to start the film with a satirical take on these ro racially motivated PSAs that the Klan more than likely made during the Civil Rights Movement, but he chooses to end the film with modern history. And by that, the history is that of the tragedy that is Charlottesville, focusing on the ensuing violence and the appalling remarks made by President Trump following the aftermath. Now, earlier, I said that Spike Lee is not subtle with his message in his well, in this film, but that's kind of the point. It's supposed to be blatant and obvious, which is why this composition of Charlottesville is so powerful. It shows that we, as a collective society, are still watching as these groups continue to thrive, and a possible suggestion by Lee is that racial tensions are still just as high as they were back in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Now, regardless if you agree or disagree with this message, it's this idea that makes this makes this film exceptional. Similar to Do the Right Thing, Lee makes the audience question what their values are and what they know to be true. Granted, Do the Right Thing was made in 89 and is still extremely contemporary with its message, and I don't necessarily think that the Black Klansmen will hold that title in 20 years. However... The message of racial tensions and race relations this film is getting across is still extremely important to grasp. I think it was extremely ballsy for Lee to include this composition of events, especially on the literal final image the film decides to end on. Now, that image I will not spoil, for I feel like that it will kind of negate and take away the, like, the, the powerful nature of the image, and... But, however, it is still worth something commending, and this film definitely elicits future dialogue about the subject matter, which is why I think, which is what I think makes this film so great. So, guys, I know this is a very short episode, but I've kind of said all I want to say without spoiling this film or delving into spoilers. And so that leaves me with my rating and recommendations. For me, The Black Klansman is an excellent film that everyone should go see. If you like Spike Lee, you're definitely going to love this film. But if you don't like Spike Lee, there's still a lot for you to enjoy about this film.
Although I mentioned it has Spike Lee written all over it, his style is a little subdued, but the message is still very powerful. I think everyone listening to this review should definitely check out this film out in their local theater when it gets released on Friday, August 10th. It definitely is well worth it, and with that being said, I am going to give Spike Lee's The Black Klansman an 8.5 out of 10. A strong film from director Spike Lee, and I, like I said, I've been pray, I've been, been giving it high praise. I think everyone should definitely go check out this film. So with that, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and please tell us if you did. I would love to hear from each and every one of you, whether that be a review on iTunes, which would mean the world to me and Brian, uh, an email to the personal account, which is mentioned in the post-show closing, or both. Either way, guys, thank you for always listening, and as always, have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. Cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. The opening theme, Dreams, is composed by Joachim Karid. This composition was found using a Creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Sarah and Joachim's work. They are really great and deserve the attention. If you want to drop us a line, which we full-heartedly support, please feel free to contact us at our email, theamateuraltourspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, that is one word. You can also find us at Twitter at amateuraltourspod. Once again, thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for more episodes, and thank you once again. Thank you.